Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the 30 Days of Miracles podcast. I'm Felicia Michelle, and I'll be sharing personal experiences of miracles in my life, as well as walking through biblical miracles in scripture. We'll take a look at how God uses people in the delivery of miracles and how you can be a part of it, how you can be present and available to encounter or be a part of miracles by learning to listen and converse with God. So becoming kingdom-minded and encountering his presence and kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So today for day 15, I have something a little special for you. It'll be a little bit different. Uh, I'll still tell you the miracle uh, of the day, (laughs) and then I will parallel it with another miracle in scripture. And then I have a special invitation for you at the end of that. So stay with us until the end. And with that, let's get started. Alrighty, so the miracle that I wanted to talk about today may or may not be considered a miracle how you, conventionally, how you might look at it normally. It's not one of healing specifically through, you know, a divine, just overnight quick healing. It's a healing because of information given miraculously, suddenly from 10 years past, but that led to the revelation that I needed in order to proceed and do certain things that led to my healing. So it's a little bit different, but I think so crucial and important to understanding there are different ways, understanding and seeing that there are different ways that God works directly and then indirectly through other people And he delivers miracles in many ways. Now, I've mentioned already, um, you know, prayer and healing, gifts of healing, um, seeing in the spiritual realm, uh, getting visions, having visions, getting words of knowledge, sudden wisdom, or even things revealed in in pictures or in sentences and, and voice, right? Now, this is a little different. It's a person's voice that's that came to me when I needed it and where it was something I disregarded prior as it didn't apply to me. So I wanted to give you this, and I think it will be helpful for some people listening today. So let's get into it. So when I was 30, I had this crazy thing happen. I was swelling like so bad. My joints were full of water. So my knees, my elbows, my fingers, but my knees were the worst and my feet. And I just looked, so I'm very small framed. Okay. So it was very noticeable, but where maybe someone else wouldn't even notice. But when you know what inflammation is and you know what you're usually like, you don't think you just suddenly got fat. (laughs) And so I'm a really small person. So I noticed 10 pounds, it's 10% of my, almost 10% of my weight. And it was just all over my body. It was filling up my body. I was full. My skin felt like it was going to pop. It was like just so crazy. And, and and when I would say it, well, I'll tell you that in a minute. But when I went, what happened? But when I when I would say I'm having a problem, I'm, I'm I'm my skin is hurting, my bones are hurting. I can't even run. Like my knees are so full, they're in pain. Someone would look at me and be like, oh, you know, like um. Oh. Maybe it's in your head, right? Maybe it's psychosomatic. Maybe you just 
you know, you're, you have body dysmorphia or body image issues. And you, you know, you're, it's like, you learn about those anorexic girls in the mirror and they think they, what they see reflection, the reflection back to them is like a big girl, but no, no, I didn't have any of those issues. I ate a lot. I was just a long distance runner and I didn't look anorexic. I was just small, but point being, that's kind of how people treated me when I would say something. So it got to a really bad point. So I ended up in the emergency room. I could barely walk. I was stuck on the ground. I, I, I was so stressed out and some other things were happening with my birth mom and I got shingles. I got shingles at 30 and had gotten this like this crazy inflammation. Okay. Not at the same time, but one after another. So I go into the emergency room and I can barely walk and I'm like extending my leg and it's so bad. I have to like barely like walk straight legged out to my car and like, and I was living in this place in Long Beach. I had a roommate, but she and I, we were going to leave soon that place. And she wasn't really there a lot. She was at her boyfriend's a lot. And so it was just me alone. And I even had a boyfriend visit from Ohio at the time that we're off and on and he visited and he didn't even take me to the doctor. I went once when he was there, but he just went to play volleyball and didn't take it seriously. I was not complaining very much, but I was literally laying on the floor and couldn't even get up. And, um, in the middle of the night, I remember praying like, God, you know, please help me get up just so I can go to sleep. And I got up and I went to my room and went to sleep and it, it was so bad. And so I had to use my arm to like extend my leg to be able to push the gas. It was that bad. And I am not like no one really knew how bad it was because I wasn't like crying and complaining. I would do it in like silent, silence, <laughs> silent misery. And only in private would I just be like, oh, dear God, you know, like, but um, I would be like, I can't really do anything right now. I have to lay here and it would just be excruciating. So anyway, I ended up going to the hospital and I went twice. And I remember the first time he, like I said, the response I got back was he was like, okay. And I'm like, no, I'm hurting. I'm swelling. I'm very swollen. They couldn't figure out what's wrong. He ends up going, I'm like, I don't, and I had to literally say it and call it out for him to even do anything. He was just like, what? And I'm like, listen, I don't have any body issues. I don't think I'm fat. I'm telling you, I am majorly swollen and bloated and something is wrong because it hurts. And I was like, had to be very forceful. And he goes, okay, we'll do some tests. He comes back. He's like, well, you were right. Literally. I remember the words. I remember him coming back in the room like, well, you were right. You're very inflamed. (laughs) He's like, there's a lot of inflammation and it was like 10 pounds of water weight inside of me, just swelling me. Right. And my knees are still to this day. My knees are not like it's noticeable. There's a little puffiness anytime I eat wheat, but like GMO wheat, it ends up being GMO wheat. It's what we've done to our wheat. I'm allergic to it and I can't eat it, but I have like permanent, like a little bit of wrinkly skin around my knees where it was so bad on my knees that they were so full and was so swollen. I have wrinkly knees and it's really weird because I'm not wrinkled yet. And it's just, I have wrinkly knees and it was really bad. So he's like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you have a lot of, I can't remember what the test was, but he did test and then you have a lot of inflammation. It's really, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So somebody believes me. It's not my brain. So anyway, he puts on me on like, and, and it ends up being that it's shingles thing too. I was taking like Oh, shingles came out half my body had stuff on my face and stuff too after this. And I can't remember exactly like when they overlapped, but I had, um, I had, I had some prescription pills given to me. He gave me some stuff and I don't remember what it was about the inflammation. And then I had these ant like same stuff they give people for seizures for epilepsy. 
And that's what he gave me. It did not go over well. I was still not getting better. And at least I wasn't taking 11 Advil for pain because he had me on some other pain stuff. And so I wasn't going to like kill my liver, I think it is. So anyway, what happens is I'm one day I'm going to eat some cornbread, some like homemade cornbread. I'm in my living room and I'm not eating a lot. And I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat this cornbread. You know, maybe it was I was going to make some cornbread. I can't remember. I think I already had it. And um, and it suddenly comes to me in my brain. This is what happens, okay? Ten years prior, let me just tell you this before I tell you the words that come to my brain. Ten years prior, I was running on my high school team, and there were no girls left because I was going to go to state, and I was our best runner. And the guy that was running with me, he was the best runner for the guys. And so we're going on. So I'm running with him. He's faster than me, but we're doing long our long runs together. I was really an endurance athlete, and so I would – go with him because he would pick up the pace. It would get me faster. And so I would train with him on the long days. And one day after our run, we had run like 13 miles or something around like Portland, Oregon. And he was like, you know, at the end of our race, he's like, you should stop. Oh no, we're on the track. I think we're cooling down or something. We're on the track at the end. And he's like, you should stop eating wheat. Just like a random. And he's talking about, I was, you know, I looked at this blood, I'm on this blood type diet and you know, I think you're probably like me with similar physiques, you know, like lean and stuff. And he's like, and you know, like just small people. And I'm like, and he's like, you, you're probably like me. You should probably stop eating wheat. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? At that time I ate whole loaves of bread. I would go with my boyfriend at time to like after school, we'd go to the bakery. There's a bakery right near my house. where we ran by not my, my boyfriend didn't run, but my, my team would run by it. And we'd smell this like fresh break baked bread. And I think a lot of runners got bread from there, but I would get a, a loaf. And my boyfriend at the time, he was very skinny and lean too, even though he wasn't running. He played basketball and stuff. And he was just like, we're both just like these lean people. And he would, him and I would sit there and eat a whole loaf ourselves. It was crazy town. So we'd have, oh my gosh, it was so good. It was like fuming, like the fumes from that whole block. And like, I would eat this like olive, Kalama olive bread. It was so good. And it was not organic at the time, as at least I, I was that wasn't on my radar, you know, in the late, late nineties, <laughs> um, <laughs> the end of the nineties. So yeah, so I would eat this bread and I just ate bread all the time. I would carb load, you know, we did this whole like night before thing where we load up on carbs. Anyway, I just ate bread all the time and maybe it like built up. And then also the quality of our wheat in this country, like 90 something percent of it's genetically modified. It has that like ability, like the pesticides inside its cells, ability to like fight off all this stuff. So the pesticide goes inside of it. It's like a modified thing. Anyway, so our corn, our wheat, our soy, and our rice. So the wheat, I avoid those foods unless they're non-GMO. But now, and when I went to Italy, I was okay. So that's the other part of it. Okay. So anyway, I won't get too deep into the nutrition stuff, but or I have a lot to say about that. But anyway, um, I was okay when I ate pizza and noodles in Italy. So I have deduced it. It's deduced that it's not just wheat. It's the GMO wheat. I do swell still with regular wheat. Um, but the GMO wheat gives me a lot of pain. So anyway, I digress back to the thing. So he told me that I shouldn't eat it. And at that time I just, I was like, cause what I just told you, right. All this wheat, carbo loading, whole bowls of spaghetti, like everything. I was like, yeah, right. That doesn't, mm, I'm not even going to look into this thing. I'll see what you're saying. And then I don't even care because this doesn't apply to me. It, like, it's not useful to me right now. And I don't have a problem, right? Like I eat wheat all the time and it gives me energy. So no. So, and I love bread. So I just disregard that. 10 years later, I'm in my kitchen and here's what happens. I hear Trevor's voice. Trevor was the friend I had, the runner who said, stop eating wheat. 
and I'm in my kitchen and all this, all this pain, right? It's still swollen. Drops into my brain. God literally dropped his sentence into my brain. It was still in Trevor's voice. And it was, stop eating wheat. And I was like, what? Like zero thought about this. Okay. This is the day it comes into my head again from 10 years prior. And I'm like, what on the earth? 12 years, I guess. Um, and I'm like, uh, and I'm like, okay, so that's God. Like, why did you just tell me that? Cause there's right when I'm going to eat this. Cause there's like wheat in the cornbread there was. And so I was like, okay. And not always is there, but it doesn't matter. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I'm not going to eat wheat. I'll just, all right. I mean, I, what do I have to lose here? Right. So I, I stop eating wheat and three days later, all of the water weight, all of the swelling, my knees are back to normal and they looked weird because they were so fat. This, this had gone on for at least, I know it was at least a month between the visits. So maybe six weeks I had been having these problems. And so in three days later for 10 pounds to go out, my knees were all like, you know, like not swollen and all like loose looking. It was so weird. It literally, I'm not exaggerating. Like I could see the difference. And so three days later, I'm better and I can walk and run again. It's crazy town, right? So he is, it's just miraculous. He could have said it in his voice, a different sentence structure. Like I've mentioned in other episodes and, and I would have known it was him, but what it did was like, Hey, here's this piece of information you were presented in the past. And here it is again, when it's applicable and it's going to save you today. Okay. So it wasn't just, everything is for a reason. It wasn't just, he came in and said something in his structure in some other way where he popped something in and knowledge. And then I listened. It clearly was meant to be like something from the past that was given to you is now applicable today. This is now for you when it may have not been for you before, right? And so I think it's so important to notice those small details and significant pieces of information. So that's the miracle I wanted to share with you today. It made me well. I didn't have swelling. I still now listen to this don't eat wheat stuff. And every once in a while, I have like a piece of sourdough um, pretzel bread that I love and I'll get like a non-GMO version, you know, and just, you know, I used to eat a lot of sandwiches and stuff too. I didn't have any issues with like food. I just ate. And now I, I watch certain things that I eat and I'm not on some gluten-free fad thing. I don't eat it because a lot of times the gluten-free just instantaneously is going to be wheat-free, but then, you know, a lot of times it has the rice. So anyway, Point being, I still eat according to these certain parameters that are going to be healthier for me and, you know, are beneficial for me. So I'm going to read a scripture that relates to this. And I think this would be really useful. So if you move to Acts 10, it talks about Cornelius and calling for Peter and Peter's vision. And Peter realizes that he has to rethink um some information he was giving and change the way he was and adapt it to himself and his life and and modify his thinking about something so that he can move forward so in chapter 10 it talks about cornelius being a centurion in what was known as the italian regiment okay he and all his family were devout and god fearing he gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. And then one day, verse three, one day about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius stared at him in fear. 
What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him and had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Peter has this vision. In verse 9, it starts with, About noon the following day, as they were on the journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the hill roof, the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a, a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. <laughs> Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have not eaten anything impure and clean. <clears throat> so he rejects this, right? The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about this vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So go get up, go downstairs, do not hesitate to go with them, for I've sent them. So Peter goes down there, and he says to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? Then men replied, you know, centurion sent them. He's a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to come to you to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guest. So Peter, the next day, starts out to go goes out with them to Cornelius's house, um, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. And the following day, he he arrived. Okay, and Cornelius was expecting him. He calls him together, his relatives, his friends, and in the house. They and then. Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence, but Peter made him get up, stand up. I am only a man myself. Okay. And so if you move forward this, he says, we are, Peter went, went in and he said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate or visit a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objections. May I ask why you sent me? And then Cornelius was like, hey, three days ago, I was in my house praying at the hour at three in the afternoon. And suddenly a man in shining clothes, the angel, right, stood before him and said, God is here as your prayer. Remembered your gifts to the poor. Send for Peter, right? Simon known as Peter. He's a guest, blah, blah, blah. I sent you. And so now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. And P Peter starts to speak and he says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, and God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one who God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. 
While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gifts of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received Holy Spirit just as we have. He ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. So this is so significant in so many different ways, but in relating it to the miracle I gave you, let's backtrack a little and let's actually move into chapter 11. And he says, I looked into it and saw four footed animal. He's talking about the sheet, the large sheet that came down from heaven with the four corners. Okay. And he's telling this to the apostles. Okay. So, okay. Let's, let's see here. Um, so, okay. Chapter or chapter 11, verse six, I looked into it and saw four footed animals of, of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, birds. And I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not Lord, nothing impure or unclean has enter, ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Don't call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. And then it was all pulled up to heaven again. So right then three men who had been sent to me from, you know, so yeah. So he's talking about, you know, the, the people, um, were sent to him. The spirit told him, don't have hesitation about going with them. He entered the house and he described this whole thing and then move um, forward to verse 15. As I begin to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning, right? Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave, gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in, the, in God's way? When they had heard this, they had no further objections and praised God saying so. So then even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Okay. So this is significant in so many ways and I can go way deep. But I don't want to make this too long, but ultimately he was given some information, some instructions even, right? Get up, kill and eat this impure meat, right? And then he's like, no, no, like that doesn't apply to me. It's impure. I can't eat that. And, you know, he goes through this several times, right? It's a little different than mine where it's like, eat this meat and, eat it, you know, God's made it pure. And so it's a lesson on that. But it's also that, you know, even though they're talking not just about meat, right? It's an example. And then it applies to people too, right? Like people aren't unclean. Like whoever's saved is saved. Doesn't matter Jew or Gentile. You're all the same. And I've made all of you clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay. So that's one thing. But without getting too deep into that, and I, I mean, I encourage you to go deep into it. But as relation as it relates to what I went through is you're giving some, you know, some information and you disregard it and it comes back up when you need it and applies to your life in that moment. He doesn't always, and I've mentioned this before, like sometimes I'll see into the spiritual realm and I'll get be given a piece of information. I'll, I'll get be given, I'll see, be given something that it's not for me to share. It's for me to keep. And sometimes I don't even know what it's for until it comes up later. And in the same way, like just having the wisdom to you to know that. But if I go back to like this miracle, like I didn't even think I would ever be going back to anything about that. And I didn't think I would need it later. I didn't even think it was like something to hold on to. I just disregarded it. But God will bring something up and we may not, it may not apply to us. We may not use that or we may not adopt it or we may not listen, right? A many of a myriad of different possibilities, but we may be given some kind of information that we don't need now, but that we need later. That wasn't relevant now, but is relevant later. And the reason I want to, and it may lead to your healing or life abundantly, right? And so, or someone else's healing or whatever it may lead to. A lot of times it leads to living the life that we're meant to live. And going further with that, I just want to 
give an invitation here. You may have heard the gospel before, right? You may have heard what Jesus died for. And I went over this, right? In just forgiveness of sins and anyone can receive it, right? Anyone can say, yes, God is God. Yes, Jesus died for my sins. Yes, I'm going to accept this. Yes, I'm going to live for God. You know, I'm going to accept this free gift of life. But you may have heard the gospel before. You may have heard part of the gospel or may have heard that there, God is real or that Jesus died for you and he loves you and he meets you where you are. He won't let you stay there because he loves you too much to stay in this lost place, right? But but he, you come however you are, however broken you are, however, whatever's going on in your life, you come to Jesus exactly how you are. He wants you now, however you are. And you may have disregarded the message of salvation before. It may not have been relevant. You may not have needed it. Maybe you're fine, right? Your life is great. But today, that same message may be hitting you differently. You, it may be relevant for you today. What you discarded before, you may want to pick up and take on now. You may want to listen to the words of the gospel and of Jesus Christ and apply it to your life today. You may decide that today... This message means something to you that today, that which you threw away and didn't need before, even 10 years before, that today you need that message, that today it applies to you. So I want to invite you, if you're hearing the Holy Spirit speak on your heart, and if you're hearing someone pull, something pull at your heart, like maybe this is for me. I want to encourage you to go into the Gospels and read them. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can look it up on the internet. If you don't have a Bible, you can go to blueletterbible.org, I think. You can go to Red Level. You can go to just look up the Bible. You could download the YouTube app. It has a Bible on there on your phone. But if anything about this series is speaking to you or anything about Jesus being the sa your Savior, God caring about you and loving you, if that message resonates with you today anyone who believes and calls on my name so calls on his name you'll be saved anyone who believes and says lord come into my life right i want to accept this free gift of life i think you're real i think you're you're truly a son of god i think you died for my sins i think you are the bridge between me and god i want to accept this i want to live for god i want to live righteously i want to live better I, want, I encourage you to read the Gospels and see what Jesus himself said and see about the acts and the miracles and the way the Holy Spirit, you know, was present in their lives and spoke to them. And, and I want you to read this for yourself, right? You read the words and see if it resonates today, the message that was not meant for you before. So I want to leave you with that. I'm going to leave you with a couple verses. I just want to encourage you to consider the things that you may have disregarded before that they may be for you today. All right, now I'm going to just give you a couple verses that pertain to salvation in Jesus, okay? And God's love for you. John 3:16. Almost everyone has heard of this, but I there are some people that actually have not heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. You can look up all these verses. For by grace you have been saved through faith. If this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I'll give you a little caveat here. We are not saved by our works. Any religion, you know, you do this, you do this, and you hope you're achieving 
salvation. <clears throat> That's not what Jesus says. Your works come naturally as evidence of your faith. Okay. So if you just start doing things because you want to and you want to serve the Lord and he assigns certain things and those will come as a result of your faith. So yes, there are works. You don't just go around doing whatever you want and you're saved. I mean, you have choice, but you know, for those who are like, oh, I'm saved. I can just keep doing this or I can do that. I can just keep messing up. Yeah, you can, but I can just, if your heart truly has changed and you're becoming a new person, you've been born again, you'll naturally want to start doing the things that connect you to the person you love, right? That please them. So anyway, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, Oof. but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ our, Jesus, our Lord. Revelations 3.20, such a good one. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. That's so beautiful, right? He stands there and he's knocking on that door. If you hear it, if you hear even the tiny bit of a nudge or a prompting or you're curious or you're wondering or you're doubting your choice from the past, I encourage you to just answer the knock. Come in. Let him come in. He doesn't force himself. He's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Titus 3.5, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Romans 10.13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, like we just read in Acts, right? Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. John 14.6, I love all these. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus' own words. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 1, 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Receive him and believe in his name, and you become grafted in children of God. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ephesians 2.8, I don't, don't know where to end, they're all so good, but I'll, I'll give you one more. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. I love these verses, and I think Ephesians 2.8-9, I'm just kind of, you know, giving you 2.8 again, because it's really, it's just, it's just a gift. And I hope and encourage you to accept that free gift today. All right, until next time, blessings.